Welcome to The Gallopod with me, Galloplacidia. In this episode, I'm reading the first part of my fic, Scaredy Cat. If you're not here for dry fanfic, you're in the wrong place. Content warning. This story deals with themes of depression and PTSD. I hope you enjoy Scaredy Cat. Chapter One. It's not funny, said Neville. It's a little funny, said Malfoy. You could have died, said Neville. Malfoy shrugged. He looked studiously comfortable in Harry's office chair, although he hadn't looked at Harry once. Malfoy, Neville and Hermione had stormed into Harry's office half an hour ago, and Harry had yet to figure out why. Look, said Harry, can someone explain to me why you're all here? Hermione, Neville and Malfoy all fell silent. I still don't see why we've come to Potter, said Malfoy, sullenly. Neville nodded. I don't either. Hermione, can't you? No, said Hermione. I've told you both I'm too busy with the election, and Harry will be able to keep Draco safe much better than I can, so I'm not comfortable with Draco just moving in with Harry, said Neville. At which Draco laughed bitterly and said, Yes, well, you gave up the right to be comfortable with my actions when you fucked my cousin in our bed on my birthday, didn't you? Hang on, said Harry, who hadn't had any coffee that morning and was coming to deeply regret it. Hang on. Draco's moving in with me? And Neville? Luna? Luna's fancied Neville for ages, said Malfoy. It's not her fault. Do you know all you had to do, Neville? Just not shag her. It's actually deceptively simple. I've never shagged her once. Happy to give you tips if you need. I'm sorry, okay? I said I was sorry, said Neville. I don't mean to be rude, but seriously, why the fuck are you guys here? asked Harry. Neither Malfoy nor Neville seemed to hear him. You're sorry? Oh, how marvellous, said Malfoy. Now I don't feel betrayed at all. Marry me, Nev. Marry me. You know perfectly well I wouldn't have slept with her if you hadn't been so bloody uptight. Malfoy made an outraged, mewling sound, then froze. Fuck, he said. Neville, go. But... Malfoy shook his head. He seemed to be concentrating very hard. Please, he said, and Neville got to his feet. I am sorry, Draco, he said. Malfoy only shook his head again. Neville looked at him with that disorienting expression he often had when he looked at Malfoy. They had been together for two and a half years, and Harry had noticed it, time and time again. The hungry, possessive way Neville looked at Malfoy, and the tentative way Malfoy looked back. Malfoy closed his eyes and started taking deep, steadying breaths. Neville left the room, shutting the door quietly behind him. Draco's been cursed, said Hermione. Malfoy laughed. Yeah, said Harry. I figured that was why you were here. What sort of curse? I turn into a cat when I'm stressed, said Malfoy. Uh, said Harry. A kitten, said Hermione. Malfoy scowled. A cat, he said. A very small kitten, said Hermione. About as big as a rat. Malfoy opened his eyes. Come the fuck on, Hermione, he said. A rat? Would you have preferred I said a small ferret? You're dead to me, said Malfoy and Harry was struck by a familiar loneliness. After the war, the boundaries between friendship groups had grown blurry. Ron had confessed to a crush on Pansy Parkinson, and started up a strange and unexpected friendship with Blazer Beanie. Ginny briefly dated Theo Knott. Harry started playing friendly games of Quidditch with Marcus Flint. Neville fell in love with Malfoy. It was all very weird, but in a nice way. Harry liked it. They all liked it. The only exception to the general amnesty was Malfoy, 
who had quickly become a key member of Harry's friend group, yet continued to hate Harry. He doesn't hate you, Hermione had protested when Harry complained about this. He's just... shy. They had been at Jenny's 20th birthday drinks. She had chosen a disgustingly cool nightclub. Malfoy was dancing shirtless on a table. Shy, Harry had repeated. Malfoy did a shot and the crowd cheered. Well, said Hermione, he doesn't hate you. But Malfoy never looked at Harry. He only ever called Harry by his last name. He was funny and charming around Ron and Hermione, but with Harry he was polite, as if Harry was an adult at a teenager's birthday party. Harry had tried apologising for Sectumsempra once, thinking that maybe that was the reason for Malfoy's persistent coldness. He had cornered Malfoy in the kitchen of Malfoy and Neville's house, while everyone else was playing a high-octane game of Risk. Hey, he'd said. Oh, hello, Malfoy answered, his eyes flicking past Harry's face. Can I get you a drink? No, that's okay, said Harry. Listen, I wanted to talk to you. It's my go in a second. I want to invade Australia, said Malfoy. Everyone wants to invade Australia, it's Risk. Yes, but I already have control of Indonesia, so... I'm sorry, said Harry. Malfoy frowned still not looking at him. Sorry, he said. About, uh, about sixth year. In the bathroom, said Harry. Malfoy opened the fridge, pulled out two beers, and handed one to Harry. Don't do this, he said, and left. By the time Harry returned to the sitting room, Malfoy had conquered Australia. Harry wasn't sure what was so unforgivable about him, when Malfoy had evidently got over all his school animosity towards Ron and Hermione. It made Harry feel small and crazy and unlovable. But that was nothing new, so he sucked it up and didn't say anything more about it. A kitten, he said now. You turn into a kitten when you're stressed. I really think it's more of a small cat. Imagine a very compact lion, said Malfoy. Lions don't purr, said Hermione. Right, you can fuck off, said Malfoy. And actually, I think I've done my duty by coming here. Potter knows I have stress catism, and you've been a very responsible friend to Marnie, and Neville can go jump off a cliff, and... Draco needs to stay with you while you figure this out, Harry, said Hermione. Uh, why? asked Harry. An excellent question, said Malfoy. One for the ages. Why? Hermione cast him a sour look. Because whoever tried to murder you... That's a strong word, interrupted Malfoy. It doesn't seem like a very harmful curse, in fairness, said Harry. Draco, can I have a word with Harry alone, please, said Hermione. Malfoy sighed, then lifted his eyes to look straight at Harry. His gaze was direct and overwhelming. Harry felt his heart speed up. She's a hysterical woman, Potter. Remember that. Her womb's probably wandering all over the shop. I do not have a wandering womb, said Hermione. Stop telling people that. Could have fooled me, said Malfoy, standing. God, he was tall, and his legs went on forever. Oh, bollocks, Neville be lurking around outside like those charity people with buckets outside the tube at Christmas. Go to my bedroom, said Harry, pointing at another door. Ha, huh, said Malfoy. Sleeps at the job. Dedicated. Right, yes, bed in the office, why not? He slipped through the door into Harry's office bedroom. It was a bit odd, now that Harry thought about it. But he stayed up so late curse-breaking sometimes, it had seemed only natural. Harry, said Hermione. Harry dragged his eyes away from the bedroom door. Hmm? Draco was attacked. The assailant cast the curse, 
Draco turned into a kitten. The assailant put him into a bag with some heavy stones and threw him in the Thames. Oh shit, said Harry. Luckily, a little girl saw and fished him out. Hermione's lip twitched. Gave Draco a saucer of milk and called him a very good boy. Okay, okay, said Harry, trying not to think about telling Malfoy he was a very good boy. So the curse was cast with malicious intent. And Draco has almost no control. He's working on it, but until we break the curse, he's liable to be killed any time he turns. He's quite vulnerable as a kitten. Hermione, can't you... Hermione had done curse-breaking for a year after the war. She was better at it than Harry, and Harry was very good. But she'd never really liked handling dark objects, whereas Harry found them fascinating. Hermione nibbled her lip. Harry, I'm so swamped. I'm not sure I can focus on anything but the election. And you know I can't keep him safe if someone... And then, to Harry's dismay, she dissolved into tears. Oh, said Harry, coming round his desk to sit next to her. He patted her awkwardly on the arm. He hated it when she cried. Don't cry, Hermione. Of course I'll do it. I'm just so scared something will happen to him, she said, through tears. I know you hate him. I don't, said Harry. But to lose someone after the war, especially after we've all grown to love him, I just can't, Harry, I can't. Hermione, said Harry. It's okay. I'll sort it out. You know I will. Just leave it with me, okay? Hermione nodded wetly. Thanks, she said, and hiccuped. God, how embarrassing. Sorry. Harry's office bedroom door opened, and Malfoy came across the room to kneel in front of Hermione's chair. Were you listening at the door? asked Harry. Malfoy ignored him. Darling, said Malfoy, putting his hands on Hermione's knees. When was the last time you ate something? Breakfast, said Hermione. Breakfast? And it's nearly noon. You'll starve to death. You'll waste away like something out of a Keats poem. I can't have it. Hermione was laughing. It wasn't the way she laughed with Ron and Harry, like the three of them were part of something. It was an affectionate, oh, I love the way you are, laugh. I'm fine, she said. She glanced at Harry. Sorry, I'm fine. I'm a bit frazzled, that's all. She's ravenous, said Malfoy, decisively. She's on her last legs. Can you make it to Nando's, darling, or shall I carry you? You eat at Nando's? asked Harry. Potter, there's not time for your opinions. Can't you see she's at death's door? And Malfoy physically picked Hermione out of the chair. She was giggling uncontrollably. Harry didn't blame her. It was disorienting to discover that Malfoy was strong. We'll be back in an hour, said Malfoy, over his shoulder, not looking at Harry. Harry was hungry, and he liked Nando's, but it was clear he wasn't invited. Which was fine. Harry had an egg mayonnaise sandwich in his rucksack. Harry, do you want to come? asked Hermione, through laughter. Conserve your energy, dearest, Malfoy told her. You'll pull through yet, by God. No, I have, said Harry, but Malfoy had already carried Hermione out of the room. A sandwich. So, uh, this can be your room, said Harry. Malfoy inclined his head, but didn't say anything. He had scarcely said a word since arriving at Grimmauld Place. From what Hermione said, you probably shouldn't go out too much unless someone's with you. But Hermione said you were actually looking for a new place to live anyway, since Neville... Um, sorry about that, by the way. Thank you. I thought Ginny cheated on me once, but actually she hadn't, said Harry, then winced. God, had he really said that? Malfoy was looking at him with a puzzled frown. You think Neville didn't actually cheat on me? He asked. No, uh, said Harry. I mean, did he? It doesn't seem very Neville. 
I don't know. Is putting your dick in Luna Lovegood cheating? Harry passed his hand over the back of his neck. Malfoy was going to stay with him. He'd be in Harry's house, an obtrusively hostile presence until Harry broke the curse. Yeah, I mean, that does sound quite cheaty, in fairness, said Harry. Unless you had, like, an arrangement. An arrangement, Potter? Yeah, you know, like, it's okay if you shag Luna as long as I can shag Hermione, something like that. Malfoy looked scandalised. Hermione? No, I wasn't saying. Although you do flirt with her a lot. It was just an example. Harry had spent several years wishing Malfoy would look at him. Now that it was happening, he wished that Malfoy would stop. She's with Ron, said Malfoy. Right, well, but if they had an arrangement, said Harry, mortified. My God, Potter, said Malfoy, and then left it at that, as if he couldn't bring himself to explain the depths of Harry's depravity. So, um, just make yourself at home, said Harry. Maybe after dinner I could ask you about the curse? Sure. Anything to speed this up, said Malfoy. Malfoy was not forthcoming about the curse. Do you have any suspicions about the identity of the assailant? asked Harry, trying to focus on his notebook and not on Malfoy's neck. Malfoy had his head tilted back against the kitchen wall and his long throat bobbed when he swallowed. Someone who dislikes me, I imagine. Do you know you have mould? You should get that looked at. I have. The house just likes it. Can you think of anyone specific who might have cause to dislike you? Malfoy moved his head to cast Harry a disparaging glance. Not a soul, he said, with a curl to his lip. It would really help if you had any idea, said Harry. Aren't you cold? asked Malfoy. No, uh, are you? asked Harry. Malfoy shivered, then stood. Neville's coming over. Hope that's all right. Figured it wouldn't be since you love him and everything. That's fine, said Harry, but Malfoy had already left the room. Harry hated when he did that. Neville appeared in the fireplace twenty minutes later. Hi, Harry, he said, scanning the room. Is Draco around? I thought you two were broken up. Neville glared at him. They had grown apart since the war. Neville had got hot, and Harry had got sad. It's complicated, said Neville. Did you really cheat on him? asked Harry. Neville didn't answer. He went to the door and shouted, Draco! Malfoy strolled downstairs. Dearest faithful love of mine, he said, lounging in the doorway. I thought I heard your melodious voice. Harry, can I talk to Draco alone, please? said Neville. Harry stood, but Malfoy glared at him. Harry wished people would stop glaring at him. He was having a rough enough day as it was. Malfoy's hair was falling into his eyes, and Harry wanted to push it back. Don't go, Potter, said Malfoy. I don't want to be alone with him. You're so melodramatic. Can you just be an adult for a second? said Neville. Malfoy gave a fierce grin. Oh, yes. Let's be adult. How was it? I don't mean Luna, Lord Helper. How was it for you? Did your dick have a nice time? Tell me in glorious adult detail. Would anyone like some tea? asked Harry. Tea sounds lovely, thank you, Potter, said Malfoy, quick and glittering. You know perfectly well it's not all on me, said Neville. Things were terrible long before your birthday. You never want to have sex. Black tea? Herbal? I have rooibos if you guys don't want caffeine, squeaked Harry. Yes, and the solution to me having hang-ups about sex was fucking Luna. Yes, of course, said Malfoy. It all makes sense now. You never used to have hang-ups, said Neville. Yes, I did. I just didn't trust you enough to say no. Listen, said Harry, this really seems like a two-person conversation. 
Potter, so help me God, if you'll leave, I'll smash all your mugs, said Malfoy. Harry looked at the mug he was holding. I like my mugs, he said. What do you mean you couldn't say no, said Neville. Neville, like many sweet and vulnerable children, had grown up rather hard, rather brittle. Paranoid that people were taking advantage of him, or trying to make him feel guilty. You're fucking rough during sex, Nev. It hurt. That's why I didn't want to do it. Harry rested his head against the kitchen cabinet and sighed, wishing he was doing something more agreeable, like being tortured or literally dying. It hurt, repeated Neville. What? Did Luna not mention? Or perhaps... Malfoy's face went red, blood blooming angrily in his cheeks. Perhaps you weren't rough with her. Perhaps you're gentle with people you don't fundamentally resent. Neville looked as if he'd been inflated. Harry poured the tea. He'd settled on mint because he thought that might be soothing. Do you know what your problem is, Draco? said Neville, voice trembling. It's the same problem you've always had. You could have told me all this, and we would have talked it out. Fuck, I loved you, but no, you were too cowardly. There was an outrage, mewling sound, a sudden flash of white fur, and then nothing. Malfoy was nowhere to be seen. Shit, said Neville. Where'd he go? asked Harry. Under the sofa. Draco. I think you'd better leave, said Harry. Neville ran his hand over his face. Yeah, fuck. Okay, sorry about... He couldn't seem to look at Harry. Harry managed a tight smile. Neville looked at the sofa. Draco, he said. Just go, said Harry. So Neville went. Harry sat on the ground, then dropped his face so that he could peer into the dim space beneath the sofa. Two eyes glowed at him, flatly reflective. He could see nothing else. You all right? asked Harry. There was no answer. Harry sighed, then poured some milk into a saucer. Malfoy? Want some milk? There was no movement. Harry left the saucer on the floor, then tried to coax Malfoy out with a peacock feather Ginny had once given him for nebulous sexual reasons. The trouble was that Harry didn't know what he was dealing with. A kitten, or Draco Malfoy furiously seething inside a kitten's body. It didn't matter, anyway. Harry sat by the sofa for an hour, and Malfoy didn't move. Harry tried to make the room as comfortable as he could for a kitten, or for a very angry man, then went to bed. Chapter 2 He was awoken by a small, pathetic meow. It was incredibly quiet and scratchy, as if the kitten had been meowing for a long time and had hurt his tiny throat. Malfoy? Harry turned on the light. He had left his bedroom door open. On the top of the door, precariously balanced, and looking very small indeed, was Draco Malfoy the kitten. It was the sort of thing Harry would have expected to find funny, but when he was faced with the reality, he simply didn't. Instead, he leapt out of bed, his heart twisting. The kitten was so little, and looked so frightened. Hey, said Harry, softly. He approached the door with light steps, and held out his hands. The kitten scrambled away, making another soul-scratching sound as he meowed. Hey, said Harry again, I'm not going to hurt you. Hang on. He got a footstool and managed to catch him. How are you this soft? he asked as he drew the kitten carefully down to his chest. It scrabbled away from him, clearly terrified. Ow, fuck, said Harry as one of the kitten's claws caught his skin. In his moment of pain, the kitten leapt out of his arms and fled underneath Harry's bed. 
Harry licked at his scratch, then remembered he was a wizard and healed it with his wand. Malfoy, he said, sitting on the floor by the bed. Come on, you can come out. A small rustling from under the bed, but no kitten. Harry got the peacock feather and made it brush around the floor. He was just about to give up when a tiny paw darted out. Ah, said Harry. You like the feather? The kitten sprang forward, a look of comical determination on his sweet little face. He caught the feather with both paws, and was utterly confused when Harry drew it away. He was a scrappy little thing, all white fur and huge eyes. More of those tiny, stupid little meows. He stood up on two legs, tried to catch the feather, and fell over. Oh my god, said Harry. You are insanely cute, what the fuck? They played with the feather until the kitten was panting, and then Harry dared to try and touch him. The kitten ran under the bed but came out again shortly afterwards, and this time let Harry touch his head. It was then that Harry noticed it was shivering, small tremors shaking its entire body. "'Are you cold?' asked Harry, and then remembered that Malfoy had been cold earlier, when he was considerably larger and more capable of handling low temperatures. "'Here, let me.' Harry wrapped the kitten up in a jumper, and after a brief tussle, the kitten gave up struggling and began to purr. Harry suddenly noticed that he was kissing the soft fur on the kitten's head. "'Shit.' Sorry, that's not okay, said Harry. The kitten yawned, revealing razor-sharp white teeth, then went to sleep. In Harry's arms. Right, said Harry. He climbed back into bed. The kitten opened his eyes a few times, then recurled himself in Harry's arms under the duvet, and began to snore very softly. Harry woke up with his arms wrapped around a very human Draco Malfoy. Ha, he said. Malfoy turned over to look at him, blinking sleepily. Why are you snuggling me? You... you were a kitten. Malfoy sat up and rubbed his eyes. No shit. He frowned and rose out of the bed. Are you all right? asked Harry. It's actually good, you saw. Now you'll be able to break the curse quicker, said Malfoy, going to the door. He was a little uneven on his feet. Hang on, Malfoy, stop. Malfoy paused, his back to Harry. I'm sorry we ended up... said Harry. You're just quite cuddly as a kitten. I'm a cat, said Malfoy. By no stretch of the imagination are you anything more than a tiny, adorable kitten, said Harry. Yes, well, this has been sufficiently embarrassing, said Malfoy, and left. It was like having a teenager, reflected Harry that afternoon. Malfoy hadn't emerged from his bedroom all day, and the only sign he was even in the house was the pulsing techno coming through the door. After dinner, Harry knocked. The music stopped abruptly, then the door opened. Malfoy looked horribly handsome. He licked his lips, and Harry noticed that he had a tongue piercing, which Harry had a hard time not taking personally. It was like Malfoy was trying to be a walking fantasy. Uh, said Harry. Can I help you? asked Malfoy, polite as a waiter at a fancy restaurant. Why don't you like me? burst out Harry. Sorry? said Malfoy. You're friends with Ron and Hermione. You dated Neville. Why don't you like me? I don't understand the question. I don't dislike you. But, said Harry. He had spent all day looking up feline curses. Malfoy's fur had been the softest thing Harry had ever touched. He'd fallen asleep in Harry's hands. You don't... You don't like me. Malfoy looked truly puzzled. I'm sorry, am I missing something? Just answer the question said Harry, hopelessly. He wished he hadn't asked. He wished he was downstairs, washing dishes by hand and contemplating how short life was, 
once you'd finished doing all the things people needed you for. We're friends, said Malfoy. No, we're not, said Harry, and Malfoy had the gall to look hurt. Don't look at me like that. You didn't invite me to your birthday drinks. You invited Terry Boot. Boot has good drugs, said Malfoy. You wouldn't think it, would you? But he does. Harry clenched his jaw. Oh, look, said Malfoy, slouching against the door, all elegant and shouldery like a sexy panther. I didn't think you'd come if I asked. Still nice to be asked, said Harry, sullenly. Malfoy seemed to be assessing Harry, and Harry felt certain he was not coming off well. It was awful to have deteriorated. It was awful to have peaked so long ago, and so unpleasantly. Yes, said Malfoy. You're right. I'm sorry I didn't invite you to my birthday drinks. He paused. You didn't invite me to yours, you know. I didn't have birthday drinks, said Harry, because he was apparently determined to impress upon Draco what a loser he was. Ah, said Malfoy. There was a humiliating silence. Thank you, said Malfoy. For last night. I didn't do anything. You were rather kind, said Malfoy. I shouldn't have touched you. I'm sorry. How much are you you when you're a kitten? A cat, said Malfoy. Harry laughed. Right, sure. How much are you... Have you made any headway on breaking the curse? Because there's a flat I was thinking of leasing, but I don't want to pay rent there for a month if I'll be here, said Malfoy. A heavy weight of sadness fell on Harry's heart. It did that, sometimes. Came down on him like a cloud. No, he said. I'm working on it. And he left Malfoy to his techno. When Harry first noticed himself rolling into depression, he had tried to stop it. He'd gone to parties when he was 18, the dorm parties at the curse-breaking academy, the kinds of parties where someone had propped the door open with a textbook and 12 people were squashed around a desk in a single bed. But when Harry came in, the parties always got weird. It varied how people reacted to his fame. Sometimes they pretended they didn't know who he was. Sometimes they got drunk and cried on his shoulder about how intimidated they were to meet him. Sometimes, more often than you would think, they were nasty to him, as if they were determined to get a Harry Potter party anecdote, and making fun of him or spilling a drink on him was better than just saying they'd made boring small talk with him once. Ron and Hermione managed all right, but they had each other. Or maybe that wasn't it, because they were always there for him, of course. Maybe it was just that Harry was boring when it came down to it. Maybe the most interesting thing about Harry had been that someone wanted to kill him, and now that no longer applied. Certainly that was what Malfoy seemed to think. Oddly, the only new friends Harry had made as an adult were Slytherins he had known at school. Marcus Flint never asked him difficult questions. Pansy Parkinson had once shown up at Harry's house off her face on MDMA and eaten an entire roast chicken out of Harry's fridge while telling him boring childhood anecdotes that she evidently believed were profound. Blaise Zabini made fun of Harry on the rare nights Harry ventured to the pub, but in gentle, soothing ways. Ah, I see how he's made time for us in his busy schedule of being the finest curse-breaker in all the land. How many orphans have you rescued today, Harry? Ways that made Harry feel rather important, instead of ancient and useless. Harry felt distinctly useless as he tried to figure out Malfoy's curse. Malfoy sat opposite him at the kitchen table, looking bored. Harry held his hand, casting diagnostic curses with two fingers pressed against Malfoy's pulse. Have you angered anyone at work lately? asked Harry. I'm an editor. I anger people daily. It's my job, said Malfoy. Maybe we can make up a list of people whom I have caused to- Oh, for fuck's sake, Potter, said Malfoy, and pulled his hand out of Harry's grasp. You're being very uncooperative, said Harry. 
Malfoy laughed. It was an unhappy sort of sound. Let's just write down the names of everyone in Britain who might want to harm me, shall we? Have you got a year or two? People seem to be pretty over the whole war thing from where I'm standing, said Harry, dryly, because Lucius Malfoy had only served three months in Azkaban. He was now on several important boards, and he dictated the world with his money just as he always had. Malfoy fell silent. His nose was a sharp carved line, and his dark eyelashes swept over his cheek as he blinked. Harry realised he had wounded him somehow, although he wasn't sure how he could tell. Malfoy was quite expressionless. The flu flared up, and Ron came through. How's the dream team? he asked, ruffling Malfoy's hair. Dreamy, said Malfoy. Tell me how the real world is, I'm dying of boredom. Harry winced at his notes. Of course Malfoy was bored. He was with Harry. Mayhem, said Ron. Pansy's been voted Miss America. Hermione's joined a nudist colony. Neville... Shit. Sorry. That's all right. I'm totally over him. Absolutely and completely unheartbroken. Yeah? How's that working out for you? Asked Ron. Brilliantly. Potter and I have started a torrid affair. Harry choked on his tea. Don't mind him, said Malfoy. He's just worried I'll reveal how kinky the sex is. Make sure you'll mention that to Neville when you're next to him. See if you can imply that Potter beats me with a paddle. Stop it, said Ron. You're giving Harry a heart attack. I'm fine, said Harry. We're not having a torrid affair. No, said Malfoy, abruptly serious. We're not. Why are you here, Ron? I just wanted to check you were being nice to Harry, said Ron, reaching over and eating some of Harry's toast. Am I being nice, Potter? asked Malfoy. You're being unhelpful, said Harry. They sat around the table, Ron and Malfoy chatting merrily away, Harry glumly chewing the inside of his cheek and thinking about what Malfoy had said about Neville hurting him. Malfoy had never been one for pain. Harry was quite sure that there was nothing Malfoy would find sexier than being handled gently. He thought of the kitten. They seemed separate, Malfoy and the kitten, purring, his little face peeping out of the folds of Harry's wool jumper. Half an hour after Ron's arrival, Malfoy's owl came knocking at the window. Malfoy let him in and pursed his lips when he saw the writing on the envelope. Your dad? asked Ron. Knowingly, as if he recognised that expression, as if he knew a whole long backstory about Malfoy and Lucius. Harry imagined the two of them sitting late into the night as Malfoy spilled his impenetrable heart out. And what had Ron given him in return? What ache had he revealed to Malfoy? Because, of course, Harry knew there were things Ron couldn't talk to Harry about. How Ron still felt threatened by him. How Ron still had secret fears that Hermione might have preferred Harry. How Ron resented that Harry's vast inheritance continued to smooth his path. Had he told all that to Malfoy? Malfoy nodded and ripped open the envelope. His eyes scanned the letter. Oh, for fuck's... he said, then turned into a kitten. Oh my god, said Ron, then sprawled across the kitchen floor to catch Malfoy before he could flee under the sofa. Gotcha! The kitten swarmed onto Ron's shoulder, but Ron grabbed him. Oh no you don't. You're cute as fuck and I'm going to cuddle you, said Ron. Not the height of consent, really, said Harry. Draco would dress me up in a bonnet if I ever turned into a kitten in front of him. Don't talk to me about consent. Holy shit, Draco, you are adorable. He was holding the kitten up in front of his face. The kitten stopped squirming and began a loud, contented purr, which only increased in volume as Ron flipped him onto his back and cradled him like a baby. Do you have to fix the curse? He's a lot better like this, said Ron. He scratched the kitten behind his ears, and the kitten stretched languorously. What do you think was in his letter from Lucius? asked Harry. Ugh, who knows. Some shitty thing about Draco being a disappointment, probably, said Ron, stroking the kitten under his chin. 
But when Harry came near, the kitten scrabbled to get away and thrust his head into Ron's armpit. You're scaring him, said Ron. How am I scaring him, said Harry, outraged. You always scare him, said Ron. What? Ron made himself more comfortable on the floor and coaxed the kitten out from under his arm. Draco's terrified of you, he said, as if reminding Harry of something he already knew. What? No, he isn't, said Harry. Ron shrugged. Hang on, has he said something to you? asked Harry. No, said Ron, but he is. That's why he's so weird around you. But, said Harry, at a loss, but I'm not. I know, said Ron. I've tried telling him what you're like, but it's no doing. Ow, if you don't watch out, Draco, I'm going to trim your claws. Wait, but what the fuck, said Harry. Ron looked up and seemed to finally realise how upset Harry was. It's not because of anything you do, said Ron. Then what is it? Ron scowled. It's because you're Harry Potter. Why would Malfoy care about that? He never did before, said Harry. The kitten's fur looked softer than a rabbit's. He seemed to trust Ron inherently. Harry rubbed at the frayed and painful hangnails on his fingers. He was beyond hurt. The idea that Malfoy was like all those terrible people at the academy parties was a betrayal that went so deep it undermined half his childhood memories. But Ron just shrugged again. He'll get over it, he said. Right, but what the fuck, said Harry. Also, he's not scared of you and Hermione, and you both did way more than I did in the war, really. Neither of us tried to kill him, said Ron. I didn't try to kill- No, I know you didn't, Harry, obviously. Just, he doesn't know that, does he? Can you understand us, mate? This latter addressed to the kitten, who continued to purr contentedly. I don't reckon you can. Can I put your head in my mouth? Do not put his head in your mouth, said Harry. But it's so small, said Ron. Malfoy turned back into a human a few hours later. When he came to, he was asleep in Ron's lap. Ron poked him in the ear. Oh, cried Malfoy, waking up with a start. Mate. You're the sweetest thing I have ever seen, said Ron. Fuck off, said Malfoy. I could have crushed your skull with my hands, said Ron. But I think we've found our criminal. Ron here is a psychopath. How are you feeling? Do you want some water? Asked Harry. Scared of him. As if Harry was something rather more or less than human. It made Harry want to shrivel up inside his skin and disappear. That'd be great, thanks, said Malfoy. Ron, did you just spend two hours snuggling me? Yeah, and you loved it, you furry little creep, said Ron. Everything all right with your dad? asked Harry, as he passed Malfoy the water. Malfoy didn't meet his eyes. Nothing new, he said. He's a twat, said Ron. A stunning insight from Ron Weasley, as always, said Malfoy. He sighed and stretched. I better go answer him. Stop talking to him, said Ron. Then my mother would have to deal with it, said Malfoy. Let her for once. Malfoy gave Ron a little smile. Leave me alone, he said, and Ron rolled his eyes. And they were really fucking good friends, weren't they? Malfoy trusted Ron, and maybe even loved him. But Harry, Harry was frightening. I'm going to bed, said Harry, and stalked out of the room. He lay in bed and was so lonely it was hard to breathe. That was the first part of Scaredy Cat, written and read by Gallup Placidia. Tune in next week for part two. Don't forget you can join my newsletter if you like at newsletter.gallopod.com. If you enjoy this episode, do leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast app and maybe share it with a friend who you think will like the show. I also have an Instagram at Let Them Eat Books where I post reviews of the books I read, so please say hello on there. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>